This is Winging It, the somewhat whimsical, certainly worrying, decidedly wonky, seldom weighty, endlessly well-intentioned, and wildly witty show about music where one knows what's coming and the other doesn't. It happens in between both proper to ensure you can spend anywhere from 15 to about 90 to 120 minutes with us every week. <clears throat> so continuing with our little theme that I've decided we're going to have, which is worst year by year starting in 1970, um, we're going to 1971. So uh, popgoesayear.com thinks there are many. What do you think? 1971, I can remember a lot of al- great classic rock albums because Spotify puts together things and throws them at me. Um, but uh, he's, they're probably talking about singles, and none leap to mind that I can pinpoint for that particular year. No. Mm. Well, the first one is going to be very familiar to you. I was 10 years old uh, for a little perspective here. So, yes, it will be, you know. Well, no, you may have just talked about this on a recent recent show. So it's a bit of shame that Tom Jones' final big (laughs) hit shows him actually starting to get, well, good isn't the right word for it. But he's certainly displaying a slightly better understanding of his strengths and weaknesses as a performer. And that ain't worth nothing. He can't pull off sentimentality or sensitivity to save his life. This is what they're saying. So I have to grudgingly admit that She's a Lady succeeds as being super ridiculously catchy. I actually kind of dig the little surf rock guitar leads and the proto-disco beat here. But unfortunately, as is so often the case with this guy, it falls apart once you get to the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Well. We, you know, we did just, I just talked about this. In fact, it hasn't even aired yet. You'll be hearing this on an upcoming Birds of a Feather uh, where I do talk about this song in detail. So I'll spare you now a little bit, but... um, He's right. It is. It is. We we will. I think we're in agreement on that. It is catchy as hell. I love the song. And I love the song. It's just we. The lyrics can be picked apart and ridiculed, but the song kicks ass. And I love it when these uh, critics patronize a great artist like Tom Jones and say, "You know what? You're getting there, kid. Uh, Keep it together. Come on, man. Tom Jones ruled from day one." I actually really love this song. I love Tom Jones. He's amazing. So I don't think this is one of the worst songs of 1971. But it is a schlock fest. There's a lot of schlock going on. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of going on. And you know. popgoestheyear.com is not afraid to point it out. Yeah, and I salute, we salute that, of course. Yeah. You know, And they're right about the proto-disco type feel. While I was playing it in my head, I thought, imagine if they just put a different lyric in and had James Brown singing it. It would be fucking intense. It would be an all-time classic. You know, mm, True that. Yeah. Well, here is Owen J again. Yeah. If not for you. He's saying it's one of the worst. Compared to the other songs in this list, If Not For You, has some serious pedigree behind it. Originally written by Bob Dylan. Right. Based on an arrangement by George Harrison. On paper, it seems like a sure bet, doesn't it? Well, though Dylan's lyric here is no like a Rolling Stone, and Harrison's four-note side riff wears out its welcome pretty quick. If Not For You as Olivia Newton-John is pretty decent. She makes it pretty decent, but... This woman was a puff of a wisp of a nothing of a singer possessed on a perfectly lovely voice, possessed of a perfectly lovely voice, which she used to coast through over a decade of hits without one sounding the least bit invested or moved by the song she was singing. Well, so it's pretty brutal. Some brutal shit on ONJ, and I love ONJ. But what he's basically saying is this song looks good on paper, and it didn't work. And I have to agree with him on this Uh, one. Yeah, actually, a lot of her stuff of that time, as we were saying in the 1970s segment, uh, Mm -hmm. this one, honestly, yeah, I mean, 
it's a it's a Dylan song. It's strong. She doesn't ruin it or anything. However, I'd rather hear him do it any day of the week. Oh no! And that whole period of her her career, you're right. I mean, it was all wisp stuff, and suddenly she's this powerhouse singing rock. And it's like, she where the hell did it. this come? Yeah, she always had it. But I think but she was she was you know catering. You didn't see it up until a certain point, and then all of a sudden it's like pow, you know. But no, he's right. I mean, it's uh, it's a puff, you know. Absolutely. And I would rather hear anyone else in the world singing, including other than Dylan. Dylan, yeah. Wow, heavy. So we know I don't like the way that uh, Dylan sings. I love his songwriting. Sky He's brilliant. Fall. Yeah, Gamma too. Yeah. I'm wearing I'm wearing a very similar uh, denim jacket like the uh, teacher, my fifth grade teacher, who introduced us to Dylan songs. He'd play his guitar in class, and we'd sit out in the field and listen to Dylan. Uh, so yeah, I probably heard that song back then. You know? That's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, the the memory's good, <laughs> but the part about Dylan is unfortunate. <laughs> He knew what was up. Mm. He knew that, you know, Dylan is a great songwriter and he should have left it there. Chicago beginnings. Mm. Chicago, before they were an, an atrocious pop band, they were barely mediocre soft rock. And before that, a slightly above mediocre jazz fusion prog rock band. And they were. I remember that. Damn right they were. Well, I will not dispute that, this, that the latter most of those is a comparatively more worthwhile thing to be. I have no intention of making early Chicago the beneficiary of retroactively lowered expectations. <laughs> retroactively lowered expectations. I agree with him. Damn. Yeah. You know what? They, they turned a beautiful phrase, and yeah, they're right. Let's they're face so it. so right. <laughs> I cannot do this song. Chicago jumped the shark for me so long ago. It's too bad. Long time, yeah. And it's really, really sad because I feel like they started off strong. You know, it's hard, and it's hard for me to say I'm sorry. But, you know. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck me. Okay. There it is. So I have to agree. So far, I'm telling you, Pop Goes of the Year, they've, they've, they're right. I yeah, think they're really, yeah. really right. They, they really are. The real the, the lowest of the low. They got the big club out, and they're using it on all the right uh, seal. <laughs> oh, fuck. You couldn't even get that out without laughing. <laughs> I don't know what made me think. <laughs> Never would I say such That's thing. some brutal shit right there. Well... This one may kick your ass because the Partridge family doesn't somebody want to be wanted is the next one on the list. And I know how you love the Partridge family. So here is what they say. I feel really bad for the late David Cassidy. While practically every person to become a music or television star at a young age has been relentlessly exploited and abused by the industry surrounding them, Cassidy was always more vocal than most about the terrible toll that fame took on his psyche and how much his career he regretted. He hated being on a dumb sing-songy sitcom. He hated being a gussied-up teen idol. And by the time he finally made some semblance of peace with his place in pop world, his 15 minutes of fame were far behind him. Okay, first of all, Mr. Cassidy, with all due respect, I was a huge fan. I know. Kick-ass album, uh, The Harder They Fall, or The Higher They Climb, and the other one that came after. I, I, I had a friend who was... Ex- <laughs> the other one that came after. <laughs> Super huge fan. Home is where the heart is, okay? <laughs> Home is where the heart is. <laughs> Uh, Rock Me Baby, yes. Uh, I had a friend who all had right. all his albums. I mean, he really had uh, Cassidy Live. Badass picture of him with a, with a Stratocaster on it. He, uh, we loved you. We loved the Partridge family. We loved your career. We don't want to hear that shit, honestly. Don't ruin it for us just because you're dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I, I'm a big oh, fan. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I forgot. Oh, I, I was <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yes, a big fan, but I forgot. I remember he did pass away. I forgot. <laughs> Well, we, when you get to be my age, so many of your teen idols uh, are kicking off, you know, that uh, it's hard to keep up. <laughs> what, what did I say? 
<laughs> oh, fuck. I'm sorry he's gone. Huh? Are you? <laughs> Major. Major. <laughs> we missed that. Major. <laughs> Did that get lost somehow? It got lost. <laughs> I think we missed that. But thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> Anytime, <sad>. yeah. <laughs> Anytime. <sighs> Meanwhile, the beauty of the earth looks on, distracting us. Actually, she's fucking sleeping. This is being recorded in both Studios West and Penelope is here. The baby. Penelope. Hi, baby. Well, we're going to have to listen to these songs because I don't know the rest of these songs. Lame. Okay. No, 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 no. No, Christina has an impressive knowledge of the music of this time because she's been subjected to it ad nauseum, ad infinitum on History Strikes Back. And uh, she knows almost all of them. So if I just, I'm going to say I just don't know the shitty ones. Yeah, he came. Yeah, he came up with the worst ones, and uh, I will. I probably know them, but yeah, let's let's let her listen to them and uh, pity her all the while. <laughs> Inexplicably, an introduction was not recorded, but the next song is "Watching Scotty Grow" by Mr. Bobby Goldsboro. Super pro indeed. All right. Well, that's a, one of the lamest fucking things I've ever heard in my life. People, people, I gotta <laughs> tell you, you think you have seen us lose it? You have seen you've seen us seen us hyperventilating in laughter. You should have seen what was going on when that song was playing. Boop, 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 we were boop. lost. We were lost. You know, that was so bad. I thought I was turning blue. Okay? I, it was really bad. We I don't know like, why uh, it was so funny. It was so funny, but it was. It was hilarious. <laughs> and Bobby Goldsboro is known on another year, a much earlier year. Uh, no, or not that year anyway, for a song called Honey. Another death song, I'll give him credit for it, but they're all as cheesy as that. So here's what uh, Pop Goes the Year has to say about this fucking gem. They say, if you, like me, spend way too much time on Twitter, you probably come across someone making jokes about wife guys or mocking someone else for being a wife guy. It's a useful term and a funny one, too, referring to a man, usually on the internet, who has, whether intentionally or inadvertently, built an entire persona around being a doting, devoted husband. Why this is something worthy of mockery is a little hard to pin down. It's all like Paul Anka, basically. Yeah. Yes, kind of <laughs> like that. But that's kind of what this is. I mean, so here it says, you know, parenthood, like marriage, is a deeply affecting experience for many people, something that fundamentally changes the way a person lives their life and looks at the world. But watching Scotty Crow gets at the core of what makes guys like this so insufferable. They take it as a given that the entire goddamn world is as invested in the minutia of their family life as they are. And I really think not only that, I mean, I don't mind you talking about your family. I can always scroll past you. But when you commit it to music like that, yeah. and then and then you subject it to people, I think, you know, I think you got to change it. I think you got to change shit up. But um, what they're saying is they've, he actually says, or they actually say that they feel like it's narcissism, right? To just sit there talking about yourself. I don't know. I think it's your experience, right? And if your experience is I'm a parent and that's my thing, but this, unfortunately, this does not move you. This does not make you want to be a parent. This does not make you go, oh, I'm proud to be a parent. You go, this is some, this is next level lame. You know, they ne- and this is not anti-parenting either, but no. you, you never see anyone write a song about Chuck E. Cheese, okay? But oh, anyway. <laughs> there's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's, every parent's nightmare. No, honestly, it's not that bad. Now, the thing about this is what I, I'm surprised that they didn't say it because it occurred to me. This song is actually prescient, honestly. It is the, the type of narcissism, and like I said, invested in the minutiae of their life. Mm-hmm. This was just ahead of its time is all it was. This would be a YouTube channel today, watching Scotty grow, oh, right? Oh, shit. With tens like of millions. Like the Truman Show? Yes, it would be a YouTube channel. Oh, my Reality God. Reality TV. We actually follow, not me, but we actually follow the lives of total strangers, you know. 
But uh, yeah, uh, so this would be uh, you know YouTube channel, and there would be a Patreon page and everything. I guarantee it. Today. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I As don't, a song, it it does not work. And yeah. I don't know who would watch Scotty grow. I yeah. mean, that's I don't know. It's it's like you know watching Penelope sleep. That's probably infinitely more exciting. Penny, yeah, Penny could have a channel, but you don't want to be. I would just want, watch her sleep. You, She's so beautiful. You really want Penny to be a public figure. Isn't she? The pressures of fame. Isn't she? <laughs> Isn't yeah. she already? She's I mean, the beauty of the earth. She's the beauty of the earth, but if the earth knew it, it would change her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we have to listen to another one. Well, that was fantastically creepy. So the song that we just listened to that I had never heard, Donny Osmond, Go Away, Little Girl. And so... <laughs> It's fucking creepy, and then we have the the backup singers come in, so it's like a bunch of creepy dudes singing, yeah. Go away, little girl. I've never heard of it. I've never heard the song, and it is so lame, but I have to tell you, folks, there is nothing more entertaining or satisfying in the world than watching David Moore lip sync to that song. It is giving me life, and I want it to happen again. Uh, thank heavens it was not <laughs> televised, okay, because she enjoyed it, but it's just like... It was awesome. She seemed surprised that I knew the song. Yeah, I was it's like, like, you folks, know this song? Yeah. I was 10 years old when the song came out. Now, can I remember the last time I heard it? No, it's probably been 40 years or 50 years, that is, possibly. That is to your benefit. But, you know, something burns indelibly in your brain, and this is one of them, you know. Yeah, so uh, this is terrible. So he is on the right track here. So here's what they say. <clears throat> I can think of very few performers in the entire history of the Hot 100, old or new, that I despise more intensely or thoroughly than Donny Osmond. I hate this awfully chirpy, singy voice. I hate his stupid, doofy baby face. And for that matter, I hate everything I've been able to find his of his social views, too. I have fairly hardline policy against directly speaking ill of anyone, but I can just say that this guy does this guy rubs me wrong. Of course, I can't really hold that against his stupid song, Go Away, Little Girl, especially because it likely predates the former by a good 10 years or so. What I can hold against him is being a sappy, syrupy excuse for a love song. <laughs> Fuck. Well, That's brutal commentary on Donny Osmond as a whole. Wow, brutal commentary. That was like, okay, if, the, if Hicks from the last show was not Lester Bangs under a pseudonym, <laughs> then this is uh, Lester Bangs under a pseudonym. But... Is he wrong? No, he's not. Now, uh, early Donny Osmond, there's very little that you can say about it that's kind. I do recognize. I think the man has talent. He does. But, I mean, it's like ONJ. I mean, the early days were not good. Not neither good. Were, neither not were Donny idea. Osmond's, you know. Yeah, definitely. I think this so, song sucks and is really stupid. So, yes, one of the worst of 1971, I say. They are doing an excellent job of ferreting out the absolute worst. I mean, the bottom of the barrel is getting clean because they're scraping it. They are. Completely. You know? They are, absolutely. Well, there's another one called... Uh, when you're hot, you're hot by you're not, Jerry Reed. Yep. So Jerry Reed. So I know Jerry Reed from Smokey and the Bandit. I'm not even lying to you. That's where I know him from. And I remember thinking, he's quite a... So yes, I thought he was quite a dish. I did. I saw him in that Smokey and the Bandit role with that beautiful dog and that big old semi. And he was really leading the bandit around. And I know he's a little bit of a picker and a grinner. I know that. But at the time, because I'd already fallen for him with the bandit... It was totally fine with me. Now, this song does nothing for me. I think it's really stupid. I think it's really lame. And it makes absolutely no sense. All right. So, what does Pop Goes the Year say about this song? Even though you know I hate it. And you know that uh, I do like Jerry Reed. 
to be honest, based on my initial listen to this song, I felt pretty confident that writing about it would be yet another exercise in complaining about a crappy singer kneecapping an already mediocre song. The more I listen to it, though, the more I realize that it's not only do I dislike Jerry Reed's vocal performance, but I really, really hate the song, too. At the core of it is a phrase, when you're hot, you're hot, that, to me, precludes it from having any kind of resonance or even a cheap laugh. It's just this dumb, meaningless idiom. There's no wisdom in saying when things are going well, they'll keep going well, especially since the song is about winning a bunch of money at Dice and then getting arrested. Things literally start off going well and they do not keep going well for the narrator. Uh, actually, I take back whoever's writing this particular bit is not Lester Bangs no. Incognito. It's actually me Incognito because that <laughs> sounds exactly what I would write. <laughs> it's true. Although I wouldn't say the same about the uh, the singer or the song, but as far as the narrative, yes. I mean, yeah. the guy that's the guy's excuse when everything goes south and he gets busted. It's well, like, well, I was hot. Happens. Okay, well, maybe you should have stopped when you were hot. You right. Know? Stop like, while now you're, you're not. Now you're nothing, and you're not. You know. Exactly. But um, uh, Jerry Reed, of course, we both know uh, not only from uh, Smokey and the Bandit series. Who uttered the uh, the most memorable uh, bit of dialogue in in his uh, motion picture history when he uh, remarked to Sally Field, "Nice ass," you know. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, why am I drawing it? For some reason, when I try to remember his name, I come up with uh, Robert Duck. But that's the convoy guy. Yes, that's <laughs> so right. So he was uh, not the straw man. What the hell was his name? He was the something man, the snowman. No, he snowman. was snowman. Snowman, snowman. Yeah, snowman. that's right. Snowman, snowman here. Snowman, that's right. Smokey's on you, snowman. Now, Jerry Reed, is uh, because I grew up in the era of hee-haw. Oh, yeah. Okay, Jerry Reed is quite the picker and quite the grinner, yeah. as has been said, and uh, very, very talented. Very. And honestly, uh, well, this song is so Ray Stevens. It's so, if you're in exactly the right mood, if you're at a dance party and this song comes on, fine. You know, you're going to love it. No, it's not, not the strongest. However, he's quite a songwriter. He's written some... Uh, Pretty dramatic songs for a, a series of films he did with Burt Reynolds, mm-hmm. uh, besides uh, Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, he played the villain. As an actor, he played the villain, a murderous extortioner and gangster in the movie Gator. Mm, uh, so, yeah, it was a, quite a dramatic turn for him. He was vicious. He was charismatic as can be, as you said. You know, But it's quite a performance, if you want to say it. But anyway, this song is not exactly the best. But if it gets you at the right time, well, damn it, you're going to love it. Yeah, not me. Yeah. Uh, I've pretty much concluded I will not love it. But, interesting. Do I think it's one of the worst of 1971? No. Yeah, no, I don't. For sure. I don't. I'm totally... I'm there with the Scotty one. Yeah. They go together they've hand been, in They've hand. been dead on so far, pretty Absolutely. much. But this time, no. no. I'm still stuck on watching Scotty grow. But go ahead. Me yeah. too. I, it's, it's a thing of beauty. Yeah. All right. So the next thing, Lobo, me and you. And, and a, a dog, dog named Boo. Boo. All right. What do you have to say about this uh, audio gem? Well, <laughs> first of all... I. Let's start with the good, okay? Let's uh, say what has to be said about it. Well, considering we're sitting here uh, gazing at the beauty of the earth while we're recording the show, let me, it's a good time to point out that there are far too few songs written about dogs. Well, that's true. Okay, I mean, Me and You and a Dog Named Boo is is part of the package. It's like, this is our family, including Boo, just like Penelope is part of the family here. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, Robert Plant's uh, Led Zeppelin, Bronyar Stomp, has written about a dog. And that's, there aren't many, though, so that's the good. The rest of it, well, it has a really breezy, jangly, uh, pleasant acoustic guitar uh, rhythm. But it's a little little corny, though, but I don't mind this one nearly as much as the others. I don't either. Yeah. So here's what they say about it, and then I'll share what I think. When I talk about how the worst of the 70s was all dorky, weird kitsch, me and you and a dog named Boo 
is the uh, example. <laughs> it exemplifies the useless fluff that made up the most unlikable music of this decade, from the thin, textureless acoustic strumming to the canned string section to Kent, Kent Lobo Lavoie's pitifully, sorry, not pitifully, pitifully weak voice. So why, if there was so much other crap just like this, is me and you and a dog named Boo right near the top of the worst list, comes down to one thing, songwriting. Okay, Lester Bangs is back. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I've already said it's not that it's not the worst by far. It's not the worst, but I would I would say and I would submit that it is one of the worst of 1971. So I do agree that it's it may not be the worst, but it's right up there with some of the worst. So gross. Um, I don't get it. So um, I think we're gonna do one more because this is another one that is coming from maybe the child. King of Kitsch, or the Prince of Kitsch, I guess, Donny Osmond. Sweet oh, Lord. and innocent. Ooh. Well, that's shit. Donny Osmond, sweet and innocent. Not only is it screechy, but again, there's another creep fest happening. I feel super creeped out. It's creep show, yeah. What's up with that? So here's what Pop Goes the Year says about this. Their number one worst song of 1971 bit of a spoiler here they say but over the course of the next five years every single one of donny osmond's urine entries is going to appear on the worst list uh, that won't surprise me at all no moreover tom jones there's a new sheriff in town that town being sucking <laughs> thank the god town of suckville <laughs> That's right. thank god for small merceries though i'm sorry merceries yeah. sorry. Mercenaries. mercenaries, yeah. I know. Thank God for small mercies, though, because with the Tom Jones and What's New Pussycat, we're getting the worst out of the way early. Absolutely. And the absolute nadir of Osmond's career, sweet and innocent. I don't want to wear out the he's a literal child and that makes all of this material painfully and convincing. Refrain too quickly. But here I need to stress one simple fact that it is nigh on incomprehensible to me. I have to agree. This is got to be, unless somebody else can give me a compelling example, the worst song of 1971. This would be hard to beat. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's benign, I suppose, as, it? as an instrumental. I mean, you know, it might oh, be passable. It might be, it's, I, like, I te- it's like television do, do, commercial do, do, music. Do, 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 it's like, you know, I'm a car out. dealership would, would use that music or something. Oh, it's terrible. But the lyric, okay, it, this, I had to look it up. He was 14 then. And the lyric contains a reference to the wiggle in your walk, but you're much too young, or you're too young for me. It's like, okay. Was she like five? He's a 14-year-old, like, perving on a 10-year-old or I whatever. Mean, That's like, what come hell? back when you're older. And this, I mean, this was... Well, this, beyond his years. He's a kid. <laughs> and the, look at the whole album. Okay, it was his first album, oh, apparently. God. The Donny Osmond album. Uh, hey, remember we had Go Away Little Girl He had Hey Little Girl oh, God. Sweet and Innocent Don't Say No So Shy Don't Say No Don't Say No Lollipop and Now we don't know what these are about But honestly Lollipop's Lace and Lipstick That pretty much says it Aye. all Flirtin' The Wild Rover I mean good lord uh, This is so inappropriate And honestly not terribly musically great But it's, uh, it's funny I mean to think that That's Boy, I'm glad we've sobered up since 1971. Yeah. Absolutely. It was really, really, really stupid. So unfortunately, apparently there are a lot of really terrible gems in 1971, and we've only heard a few of them. I'm sure there are many more. If you have some, definitely send them to us at bothonair at gmail.com. 
because uh, we want to hear the worst of the worst. We're going to continue this streak for a little while. Hopefully you're enjoying the worst. We'll eventually maybe get to the best, but right now we're going to wallow in the worst. So unless you have another 1971 just absolute rotten egg to share with us, I'm going to go ahead and let you say that amazing phrase you say. Let's fly this coop. This has been Winging It, a presentation of Birds of a Feather, on What the Flock Radio.